I'm Brad. I'm Scott. Welcome to Curiosity. And we are here in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest doing a South by Southwest takeover episode. And we're here with Jane Stricker. Jane, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Good to be here. Stoked um, to have you. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. There's so much stuff that's happening here at South by. Um, this is not your first South by Southwest, but uh, you are fresh. It's the awesome of- version of it's not your first rodeo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is, uh, you're just coming off a panel. Um, just how is the conversation around energy transition and climate broadly here at South by? It's fantastic. And I think, you know, it's funny cause I always used to think Moji at Samvita was the guy to bring into the conversation. Cause it's a really interesting story, Samvita story, but I think Tara has now replaced him <laughs> as my go-to. For, yeah. His sister for, is like crushing for that story. She's cause awesome. I think the journey that, she's been on and and the two of them together i think it's a perfect example of somebody coming out of biomed somebody coming out of energy and it's an example of how the energy transition in houston is going to play out so differently than it will in a lot of other places in the world because of the combination of the things that we have in houston that just don't exist in that same combination elsewhere that's an interesting point. I read a book a number of years ago called The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, who's one of the like founders of the internet. And he, he has like these 12 trends and one of them is called remixing. And his whole idea of remixing is you kind of bring these disciplines together that you wouldn't think would converge very nicely. It's like a fusion. And you know, as, as they do in culinary, you bring Korean and barbecue together and it tastes even more yummy. And so it's, I think Houston has so much opportunity yeah. for fusion yeah. of many different disciplines Everything. converging. Food energy yeah all of it all of it yeah Yeah. it's really beautiful i love that the talent remix that's available in houston we hear it all the time like the density of engineers and scientists that are there and there is just this diversity of skill sets perspectives capability that just seems like an incredible ingredient set um and then i just say and add to that that the idea that the, the business savvy that exists. Mm. You know, we have the largest concentration of Fortune 500 companies based in Houston. And, and Bobby Tudor says it all the time. Houstonians are really good at when they see a dollar laying on the ground, they lean down to pick it up. And so I think the combination of the technical skills plus the business savvy really puts Houston in an outstanding position to be successful, in the, not just in developing the technology but in actually commercializing and making making a business case for it we're all really passionate about houston and we all believe that houston is in the pole position for being the center of gravity for the energy system of the future whatever that looks like i kind of want to ask you a question and almost like a little bit of a different angle which is like what are we what are we going to do to screw it up like what's go- what goes wrong? Like yeah. if we're if if we don't get it done, what will have happened? Yeah, I think one of the things is the incumbent industry will not have acknowledged and recognized that what it's not good at is innovation. I, I spent twenty years at BP, and what they're really good at is defining processes and implementing processes to make sure things are done safely at scale. Yeah. What they're not as good at and they do have some smaller business lines that are focused on ventures and launchpad and and things like that all these companies do sure but they have to be humble and acknowledge that they they don't have that 
inherent entrepreneur capability, that innovative capability. They really need to partner and, and be open about partnering with others. Um, and, and sometimes that means putting down your competitive mm. position a little bit to see what, what's possible. And I think that's a place where we can screw it up. I think another place that we can screw it up is just not being thoughtful about the way it transitions from our universities into our startup community. How do we bring more people? You know, you look at schools like A&M, which were really built on the concept of teaching somebody how to be a leader in a big business. Igamags. Whoop. <laughs> Not, but, but, but they don't develop their talent necessarily to be a founder in a startup and be entrepreneurial in their thinking. They teach them to be big leaders of big organizations. And so those are the places where if we don't, if we're not thoughtful about the way our universities are plugging in to the system, about the way that they are bringing talent through and creating opportunities for people to start their own businesses, to, to be leaders in the energy industry, I think that's the, those are sort of in my mind the two areas where we could really fall down. That's really helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, like thinking about the whole narrative that you were just sharing, it, it reminded me of the study that was done between Great Eastern Partnership, the Mayor's Task Force, and Accenture a number of years ago now, going back to 2017. And from what I understand, there was a pretty simple question that was asked, how innovative is Houston? We had two very different answers. One group said we're the most innovative city on the planet, curing cancer at MD Anderson, we're you know, going subsea in search of hydrocarbons. We're putting humans on the moon and rovers on Mars. Um, that was the locals, of course. There was another group who said we were um, the least innovative city on the planet. And it was things like they were measuring it based on, like, venture capital investment and startup density and SDOs, startup development organizations, et cetera, right? What, what I've always felt like emerged from that is we're, we're highly inventive. We're great at, like being makers in a very scientific and engineering type of way and just i mean inventing things that i that blow my mind all the time you know you actually mentioned some vita factory and i was talking with moji recently he was sharing with me and i'm going to get this completely wrong so please correct me but something about bacteria in down hole drilling environments that are no longer being or they're no longer active i guess and they take the bacteria off and they turn it into some kind of fuel is, is that close ish you're in the zip code okay perfect yeah. uh, I, that's as far as i need to be but it's true though right like there's this idea of like man we're amazing at invention but innovation is kind of that layer of creativity and imagination and serendipity and we kind of cringe at that and being a hyper creative human like yeah. it can be it can be interesting to have those conversations i will say though in my experience from 2018 to 2023 the shift in the mindset in the incumbent industries has gone from what is this thing of like creative and imagination to like, I get it and I believe in it and I want to be a part of it, but it's very new to my reality. And so how do you feel like we can kind of like connect those dots? Yeah. Because I don't think we've quite done that yet, but I think there's a, there's an ambition to do it. Yeah. I, I do think that's probably true. Houston is very much a problem solving city. And so if we, we get shit done. If we look at the energy transition as a problem that needs to be solved, then we are very much looking at it in a way that Houston can be successful. But there is an aspect of this that is, what haven't we thought of yet that, that you can't even imagine? Yeah. You know, we know that a lot of the tech needed to solve 
for the transition hasn't even been invented yet. And so it's, it's not always going to come out of research labs at a university. A lot of it will. But a lot of it will come from that imaginative, inventive thinking. And that's where I think a story particularly like Moji's and Tara's is particularly relevant because they took two things that were seemingly completely unrelated and imagined how they could fit together. And so I do think that it's changing a bit in Houston in terms of there is more what if, how do we get there, what are the possibilities than there used to be. Mm. I will say it's kind of funny if I go all the way back in my career at BP to 2008, I was the head of innovation for retail marketing. Mm. And so mm. in the retail business, cool. they were, they, they really did try to embrace, mm-hmm. and multiple times throughout my career, company, big companies tried to embrace innovation. But again, they try to put a process around it, yeah. which yeah. immediately almost negates having an innovation team because yeah. you've then just applied a bunch of processes to it that's made it more complex. Well, and I mean, in this, as someone who's worked in innovation for many years, the spirit of innovation is destroy everything you know and you're comfortable with. And when you ask someone if they're comfortable with doing that, typically the answer is no, because it's going to completely disrupt the, your entire reality. And you yeah. really have to be willing to go on that journey as an entire brand or organization. Yeah. And that's a, it's a very important journey. It's a necessary journey, but it's a hard journey. And, you know, it gets into those conversations of like, why do you exist as a brand? How are you going to involve? What's going to become your business? And, you know, and then you ask things like, what are your infinite ambitions or boldest ambitions? And you get answers like profit. And you're like, we have a long way to go. That's an <laughs> obvious one. We know we need the fuel to advance our ambitions, but we got to get deep in our own psychology and humanity and identity in order to do that well. Um, and I think that's that uncomfortable space we have to be more comfortable getting into. And one of the things that is an observation that I've had is sort of the activity set that differentiates energy companies is is rooted in a set of activities that in a lot of ways uh, are dangerous for mm-hmm. humans to be in the line of work and that they're in. And so, so much of, hey, we should try something or experiment with something gets snuffed out of yeah. the, the, the front line rank and file of the, these organizations and then they grow up and take on management roles and leadership roles in this environment which is important like having process around safety yeah. and other things and so the it's that mentality of what does it mean then to be a leader and it's very hard for people to grow up in that that environment and then sort of get into an office setting or an innovation setting and facilitate the psychological safety that's required for trying something new and trying something different. That's a hypothesis of mine as I grew up in petrochemicals and big companies that there's, there is this, this criticality of repeatability, safety, environmental focus, all these things. And you have to do the job the same way, the best way every single time yeah. or else someone loses their life, no one's going to show up and be like, hey, I've got this new goofy way to do it. Like, and that's, that's a hard thing to, yeah. to facilitate over time. But I, it's, it seems like we're, we're making a bunch of progress. Like, are there, like, what are some of the indicators in your mind, Jane, mm-hmm. that, like, that Houston's on its way? Yeah, so I think there's, there's several, I'd say, all of those companies, absolutely 100%, first and foremost, are putting safety first, and they have to. Um, Indeed. When 
when you've had accidents, when you've had incidents, anytime you've had any type of a situation where people are put at risk. And I think sometimes people do forget that delivering the energy system that exists today requires people being there, doing the job, and, and putting themselves at risk every day to do that. I think we've moved so far away from the distribution, the creation and distribution of energy as, as consumers that we don't really appreciate what, what it exactly. takes to actually get exactly. that energy to you. And so, I, you know, I wouldn't want any of those companies to stop for a moment focusing on that risk because I know exactly what happens when, when that happens. But, but what I would say is each of them are carving out parts of their business to really be able to focus on the more innovative technologies and solutions. And they are bringing in people from outside who are much more comfortable in that space at, at the even pretty senior management levels because they're trying to get out of that thinking at least as they're exploring what's possible. Um, you know, they're still operating their business with the same folks that, that do this day in, day out and have been doing it for 30 years and, and, and understand what's happening. But, but I do think in the same way that the safety culture started as a regulatory reporting requirement, if I think about my time when I first started mm. with BP in 2000, you know, understanding that you had to report on day away from work injuries and incidents sure. and things like that. It started as a, a very specific regulatory reporting requirement and it became a culture of we care about people and this is why we do business the way we do business. I think the energy transition will drive a same cultural shift. Mm -hmm. ESG right now is a metric to be managed and reported on. Climate factors are me measures to be managed and reported on and there are potential regulatory uh, impacts associated with that ultimately it will become part of the culture and I think innovation will ultimately become part of the way they have to think about it because we just fundamentally need to to think differently about the way we produce and deliver energy to consumers every day in a way that allows us to do it with the least emissions possible and I think they'll recognize that they have to to push their thinking to a place they haven't in the past. Jane, it's been lovely to have you on. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us for a little bit. We're all rooting for Houston. Appreciate your work. Well, thanks for having me here. It was great. I uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us. Let's um, continue to make energy that subtle hero of the journey that advances humanity onward. It's, it's very important for society to modernize and be more equitable and have the impact that we all believe in. Thank you. Boom. Boom. Boom.